Greetings, investigators. Dane here. The episode you're about to hear has been temporally displaced. We'd originally intended for it to be released the Thursday before Arkham Knights, but we'd experienced some technical difficulties in recording. Also, Ben's mic was possessed by Cthulhu. Please enjoy the upcoming episode, though, and we'll be returning with a new episode this coming week. Thanks for all the support, guys. Hello and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring fantasy flight games as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. And I'm Dan. And I'm Ben, back again. Today we're going to take this episode to catch up on all the player cards for the current cycle of the Forgotten Age, uh, so we can just kind of talk about other cool things too. Uh, and also stay tuned for an announcement after uh, about Arkham Knights. So I think we'll just kind of kick it straight off into the City of the Archives because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to just go ahead and leap straight into the Guardian cards, starting with Dan. Hooray! Uh, the first Guardian card is M1918 uh, Bar. It, it's an asset. It takes up both hand slots. It's an item, a weapon, and a firearm. It costs five resources and four XP. It has two uh, strength icons on it. Uses eight ammo. Action, spend one to five ammo. Fight, you get plus X for this attack. Uh, plus X uh, strength for this attack. Instead of its standard damage, this attack deals X damage. X is the amount of ammo spent as part of this ability's cost. Uh, huh. Hmm. Eight ammos is kind of a... Eight ammos. Eight ammo is kind of a strange amount of ammo to have. Uh, so let's... Uh, Let's let's look at a couple different scenarios. One scenario is you use this eight times and spend one ammo each time, and then it's like a extremely terrible gun that just has a lot of ammo. Um, What's well, machete, right? No, because you're doing one damage each time. Like if you spend one ammo, you're oh doing. Oh my god, yeah. you're right. Here's another scenario: is where you spend two ammo each time. So then this is uh, almost exactly the same as like the forty-five. Only you get plus two instead of plus one fight. One more strength. And yeah. it costs more money and more XP. And it takes up both hand slots. Or here yes. is, I think, the only scenario where this is even worth considering is you use it twice and you spend four ammo each time. And That's what I was thinking, And you just, like, yeah. nug something in the face for four damage and, like, almost definitely hit it. <laughs> Uh, it's still terrible, but that's if you're, if you're even going to talk about whether this is good, you have to talk about it, like, using it that way, I think. I think so, too. I, I agree I with mean, that. you could use cards that add more ammo and stuff, but uh, it seems like there's more efficient weapons right now. I think so. even, like, extra ammunition wouldn't even be worth it, right? Because that adds an odd amount of ammo. They'd, <laughs> so it's like, you kind of want even amount. They'd yeah. have to print a card that was, like, on your upkeep, you add an ammo to a card you control or something. Like they'd, <laughs> they'd have to, it'd have to be really easy to get more ammo for this. To oh, be that would be it. cool. That'd be interesting if, like, Upgraded uh, Adventurer did that or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they'll ever do that, though. Yeah. I mean, you can use it um, to like strategically kill those annoying three health enemies versus like when you have a two health or four health. I I, I really feel like anything not, that not takes great. up both hand slots is just like almost always. I don't want to use it. You know, yeah, you really have to justify like if, right, like it has to really be because if you're if you're playing a guardian like Machete's so good, you're not in the market for like a thing that uses up both hand slots. You're in the market for like something that uses your other hand that isn't carrying a machete, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I think that also, like, this is all just kind of uh, talk about Guardian cards, right? Because there is Baseball Bat. Baseball Bat is two hands, but, like, honestly, Survivors don't have 
too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I think with Carcosa, with the Lantern and stuff like that, they have a little more uh, option. But really, like, Baseball Bat is pretty good. Um, but if it were a Guardian card, maybe probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Any, um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody else Anybody else have stuff to say about this? Um. One thing I did want to mention, it would be really cool if... Somebody could let us know, like, if these effects, like, if there's some uh, crazy American gunman out there who plays Alcrum also, that would really just, like, could could say how these flavorfully translate into the actual guns. Because I'm sure that these are all actual guns, right? Like, they, we've had a, many by this point. Yeah, they, they don't they um, don't translate at all. Cool. They're kind of cool. No, they're just, like, making stuff up. <laughs> right. Okay. Are you a crazy gun fanatic? No, but like, I, 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 had I not been aware. Of this? I, I don't know anything. Do you have a I, big gun seller. I, with... I don't know anything about guns, but just like, <laughs> I don't think that, I, I don't think it's possible to translate like, like, oh, this gun would do plus two damage if you were shooting it at a ghoul or whatever. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I just mean functionally. But anyways, maybe. Uh, I do. I, I really wish that this didn't have the limitation of you can only spend up to eight, up to five ammo. Because if you could drop all eight in one shot, then this would be stu- <laughs> stupid but fun. Um, yeah. All right. Do we want to move yeah, on? Cool. To the next card. Yeah. Let's move on to the next uh, to the seeker cards. Traditionally, again, the best cards in the game. <laughs> Should we do both of these together? Because they're kind of different versions of Ancient Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, ben, you want to guide us through? Uh, the most ancient of stones. Uh, sure. All right. So there's two versions of this ancient stone card. Uh, both of them are assets that take up the hand slot. They're both items. They're both relics. They both cost two to play, and they both cost four XP to uh, put in your deck. Uh, both of them have the qualifier of you can only include this in- asset in your deck by upgrading it from ancient stone unidentified, and only if you have the have. I- Identified the stone in your campaign log. Uh, and then both of them say uses X secrets, where X is the number of parentheses, number in the parentheses, next to you have identified the stone. So uh, the first one, the first version of this is uh, Knowledge of the Elders. Uh, it has two intellect icons on it, and its effect is as a reaction, when you draw any number of cards, spend that many secrets deal that much damage to an enemy at your location. And then the other one is Mines in Harmony. Uh, It has two will icons on it. And uh, its ability is, as a reaction, when you draw any number of cards, spend that many secrets, heal that much horror from a card at your location. Uh, So both these are, like, functionally similar. They're both based on, I guess, how well you identified the stone originally. Uh, right. But I'm not too impressed with either of their effects, uh, especially with the amount of effort it takes to get these cards going. Are these mm-hmm. um, are these the only two ancient stone upgrades, or have there already been more? No, these are the only these two. are the two. Okay, so it's just one of these two. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I actually kind of like the first one. It's kind of cool. I think that if you have a gratuitous amount of experience from say playing Ursula and having like Charonzo ball or something and you're, it's like really, really deep into it and you've got like a ton of experience. I could see like having uh, an ancient stone uh, with the, the, the knowledge of the elders one, uh, just being able to like, um, uh, you know, use uh, sketches or something and um, 
deal a bunch of damage. That being said, I think it has to be the other one though, because um, that that one's fast. Cryptic, cryptic research. Or... Yes, 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 yes. Y- Sorry, yeah, I should have mentioned. I just think so. First off, how hard is it? I, I forget how ancient stone works. How is X determined? Is X like the amount you succeed by on some kind of investigation test? Uh, I think it's the yes, I believe so. No, I think it's the difficulty of the test that you passed. Oh. Uh, yeah, right. It, uh, yes, that's the what ability it is. on the original ancient stone is as an action investigate. Your location gets plus three shroud for this investigation. If you succeed, discover one additional clue at your location. Discard ancient stone, and then record in your log that you have identified the stone. And then put the in parentheses. Put the difficulty of the test. Huh. So I guess plus three. So it's going to be at least three, and probably it's going to be like four or five at least. I don't know. This just seems like for the amount of hoops that you have to jump through, for the amount of XP it costs, for the fact that you have to <laughs> yeah. identify the thing, and that it takes up a hand yeah. slot. Which, like you mentioned, Ursula Dane, but Ursula is probably going to want magnifying glasses or mysterious statues. I mean, just just play Strange Solution. Don't play this. Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Like, As is the case with the like, glyphs, oh, too, you right? Because the glyphs were from You can get this really awkward thing that does, like, four or five points of damage occasionally when you draw cards. Uh, or you can just get Melteroni and just kill everything. So, you yep. know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, yep. I don't know. That might that might have been a uh, an oversight to print uh Strange Solution as early as they did. It is. I think that what's interesting you know what about I mean? these is that the, there's this variable number, so you can choose to be like, oh, I'm going to really try to do it at a really place with high shroud to really get X really high so that it makes these items really good. Um, and that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I think that they just, if they're going to keep doing these every campaign, they really have to explore making them good to compete with Melteroni, or that's just the one that you're always going to want. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well... Uh, should we move on to the first uh, rogue card, Dane? Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to uh, talk about Slip Away. It's a two-to-play uh, event. Uh, it has an intelligence symbol and an agility symbol. It's a trick, uh, which I think might be important at some point. Nope. Um, they've been printing more tricks. Uh, evade. Add your intelligence to your skill value for this evasion attempt. Uh, if you succeed by two or more and the evaded enemy is non-elite... It does not ready during the next upkeep phase. So one thing that immediately is a concern to me is that kind of clashes like flavorfully is the fact that it says that it has to be non-elite, even though that thing in the art is definitely very elite looking. I mean, look at that thing. That thing is massive. Hmm. And this man has clearly slipped away from it. It's just a big snake. I mean, it's look at the look how big it is, though. It's pretty good art. Yeah. Can I ask kind of a dumb question? Because I never feel like I have a really good handle on what part of skill cards. Um, oh, no, this is an event. Oh, okay, yes. okay gotcha. Because I was comparing this to like, oh, would you rather have this or a manual dexterity? Um, hmm. And this is probably going to sure. give you more of a bonus. But like the manual dexterity, you can also commit to other people or you can commit it to right. a test that's during mythos phase or something. And this you really can't. So I've been noticing that they've been kind of printing more – I mean maybe this has just been the case since the beginning, but I've started to pay attention to it more that I play now more solo stuff. Um, that like they've been printing very specific things on cards. Uh, like obviously this has to do a lot with your agility and intelligence. So they will kind of print the uh, corresponding uh, you know, symbols on it if you need to commit it for either one of those things. But I've tried this in Selfina. And uh, once, anyway, I haven't tried it more than that, but um, it was all right. I didn't, I didn't, I, I actually, I think I eventually took it out of the deck, but um, 
it worked like once or twice, I think, pretty well. Um, but I don't think that she's the best candidate for it. Obviously, this is definitely meant for Finn, right? I mean, any any Finn players? I mean, it, it is good for Finn because of you know he has got good book and agility. Yeah, he'd be he'd he'd be at eight for this. So yeah, he'd have, he'd have a good chance of getting the two or more without having to do anything extra, any extra work. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I could see it as like a one of in Finn. It just sort of seems like um, if you want to evade something, it's probably either because it's not a hunter and you're leaving it on a location that you don't care about anymore, in which case you don't really need the doesn't ready during the next upkeep phase thing, or it's um, like like normally you decide to either kill something or like evade it and leave it there forever. So there's some situations where that helps, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is ever going to make a huge difference. It might be okay in a fin deck just because what other cards are you going to play? Yeah, that was my uh, that was my thought too. I think it's it's really good in fin. Um, everybody else though might just kind of want to uh, stay away from it. I think that there's probably better things to put in other decks. Probably. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, second card in the rogue cards this is called payday it's an event it's illicit and it's faded costs zero resources one xp says gain one resource for each action you performed this turn including this one if it is your turn end your turn oh a a terminal event this is very this is very exciting um i don't know what 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 do you guys think about this so question what is flavorfully happening here (laughs) it's the end of the it's the end of the week you know you're getting paid for uh, the yep. work you've done. Yep. But you it's know? definitely illicit, though. They're reaching into a safe to grab a book instead okay. of all of well, the money that's hanging the job out right is next done, to the You know. Uh... Oh, you're like cashing in. Yeah, you know, it's, I... you know you've succeeded gotcha. at whatever illegal activity you were doing, and now you it might are be like, getting Yeah, I mean, it might be like, oh, I've infiltrated this bank by pretending to work there, but now I'm going to cash out and get the money, and now I don't work there anymore. You know? And that's... Although I feel like a bank would have more oh, than gotcha. I feel like a bank would have more than like three or four resources in it though, right? <laughs> like Yeah. Well, I mean like there's a lot of ways that um you can get uh situational actions, right? Like like with uh, Expedition Journal or uh, uh Daisy has her inherent uh use a book thing. Uh not that she would ever play this card because she can't. Yeah. But things like that, right? Uh, in addition, like you could, uh, so the, the investigator I see probably trying to use this would be, uh, skids because he has, uh, that his, his little, uh, special thing is that he can, as a fast action, he can pay two or something resources and then get an extra action. And then on top of that, he'll have Leo, uh, because you don't play other green, uh, allies other than Leo, unless you're playing Lilla. Remember Finn can get an extra action to evade things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. I mean, Urs- uh, Ursula gets an extra investigate. That's a good question. If only we had someone here that was like a rules specialist that we could ask. Uh, For what? I think it does for Ursula. I'm trying to remember. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Ursula can't play this. Oh, that's right. I I keep thinking that she's like uh, yellow and like sub subclass green. Nope. Because that would make sense. She is. She she is yellow and then also can play relics. Yeah, I know. So yeah. Yeah, I just think the having yeah. to play this last and then your turn ends ruins like a lot of times you want to like cash to play something, you know. So, I feel like that lack of flexibility considering the most of this time this is just going to be an emergency cash and occasionally it's going to give you like four resources instead of three, I don't think I would ever play this. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'd only play it if I again, wanted so much money that I wanted to basically have four caches in my deck and have two of them to be like more annoying than regular caches. But also, you have to think of this like in terms of playing against uh, Hot Streak, right? Because like if you have the influence, you're probably just going to get Hot Streak, <laughs> and then like because I was going to say, well, like maybe if you again have a have a ton of influence or, or uh, experience rather, and um, you can. Use your uh, ace in the hole and get a bunch of actions. Use your skids thing, and then for your like ninth action, cash it in and get like a million resources and be like, yeah. Well, and when when you say a million, you mean like six or like five, exactly like, like yeah, seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get eight from this very often. No, it just seems like well, if you have hot streak, eh, it just seems like you have to. You're, you're gonna get hot streak before this and you, you're gonna have caches in your deck before this probably so it's like right. if you want yeah. a fifth or yeah. a sixth money card so for some reason then yeah maybe think about this so one thing actually that i did want to point out about this is kind of interesting in that it's kind of uh different from guardian cards because guardians are starting to have all those in like quote initiative things right like take the initiative the and cards. uh scene of the crime all the stuff that you need to play on your first or, or you're benefited from playing on your first action or you have to play it on your yeah, first kind action. Yeah, kind of second priority cards, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they, they kind of have to be played first. This one is, like, notably one you kind of want to play last. I mean, you really wouldn't ever want to play this anywhere but last action. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Act- cool. uh, ah, but here's where this could be good. You know how sometimes you can get stuck in a situation where you have an enemy on you that has, like, alert and retaliate? And anything that you do, it's probably going to hit you. And, well, oh, crap, I have to spend my actions on something, right? Uh, <laughs> but if you have Payday, you can, you can like, first action, play Payday, take an attack of opportunity, and then your turn ends. You don't have to spend your other actions. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. That is very funny. Uh, yeah, this is a great card. Everyone uh, should play I don't this think card. you're actually required oh, to spend all your actions, by Wait, the way. What? Is that true? I think you. I think I. I looked at this a while ago, but it could be misremembering. But I think it says like on your investigator, you may take up to three actions. Uh, oh man! I, even I can check. just be like, oh no, I'm going to sit out this turn. I'm not going to do anything this turn. I think so. I don't think you're forced <laughs> to take the three actions. Just passive aggressively, like, nah, you guys get the clues. I'm just going to chill here in the library and uh, not do anything. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Well. Interesting. What an interesting interaction. Yeah. So before this next card, I kind of want to bring up, let's talk about PETA for a second. Because when I saw this next card, I was like immediately thinking that some people might actually be very offended by this. <laughs> um, not knocking the art, because I think the art is very good. Uh, uh, but anyways, we'll move into it. I don't think the art's that good. It's, it's all it, right. But... It looks, it's kind of a weird style. I think, I, I don't know. I like the way it's composed, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's cool. Anyway, Ben, you want to uh, bring us through Sacrifice? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so this is the first Mystic card of the pack. It's called Sacrifice. Uh, it is an event, and it is a ritual. It costs zero to play, one XP to put in your deck. It has one will icon on it. Uh, and the effect is discard a Mystic asset you control, then draw three cards or gain three resources, or any combination thereof. Oh, and there's a quote that says, mm-hmm. the first step is the hardest. Uh, which I disagree with. 
Because the first step is that an allusion to is, uh, discard like one of your spells that has no charges left on it. And hold up, somebody, somebody was somebody at FFG was listening to Cat Stevens because that's definitely an allusion to that one song. It also, I'm, I'm not sure it's true because it really seems like this, you know, nice little uh, goat or sheep or whatever is so trusting and innocent. Tying it up and putting it on the altar is probably really easy. Like, probably the hard part I'm is actually sure stabbing like... it with this weird crooked knife and uh, you know killing it. That's I probably a lot like a, harder. Well, she's, I think she's yeah. lamenting the fact that she definitely took a kukri, and that's like a terrible. She's <laughs> like, "Oh, card. why did I put this kukri in my deck?" <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm so sad about. Yeah. This. She doesn't actually care about the goat at all. No, of course not. Um, it is a baby goat, and it is adorable. But you know, yeah. Um, huh. It's I don't know. It's an interesting card. I like the idea of it. I don't think it really is quite good enough. What do you guys think? I mean, as I was saying, uh, I think it could be good in a Mystic deck to help you gain a benefit from a spell you've exhausted. Because uh, normally you just, if you run out of charges on a spell, right. there's not too many ways to get charges back unless you're like Akachi or something. So you usually just play a new spell over it. This way, this card, you use up a spell and then you can basically play it to discard it to gain resources or cards or something. Right, so, or both. Yeah, yeah, or to get it back into your deck so that you can draw it again. Um after you cycle your right. deck yeah i i wish uh it also you could get rid of like a card that has doom on it like arcane initiate if you're trying to get rid of it before it's going to actually push the threshold oh good point um, yeah I mean. I mean if you're agnes you have a better way to do that but uh it's i wish this was fast if this was fast i feel like i would actually maybe play one um i still think it's very reasonable uh, it, the, the payoff's just pretty weak like you get to draw what's well, a cash right you could you could use it as a cash yeah. uh or you could use it as a um, uh, what's what's the uh, sketches right sketches for three cheaper. But you can't the sketches is three. You can't really play this instead of cash because you need that early cash to no. like get your expensive spells down or something. I mean, and this is one experience. Yeah, but it it kind of functions as that, and I know that like so with my limited knowledge of playing Akachi. I remember being always just very annoyed at the fact that I just never had money because all of my spells cost a lot. And even with, like, um, Uncaged, the soul, uh, I would still be finding myself like, God, I really wish I had more money. <laughs> um, so this might be a good card to stand in for that because um, there are some times where you'll have just a shriveling sitting there with no charges on it and have one in hand and or, or need to find another one, right? Like, you might have enough money or whatever. It's true, but remember with Akachi, you also have her unique item, which can bounce spells back to your hand to replay them, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the event that you don't have it, though, yeah. it might be good as kind of just a one one of... Um, you can always also, like, if, if you have a Seeker in your group and you have a, uh, in the no... Not in the no, um, uh, right of Seeking Out, uh, It's I think it's totally reasonable to if you don't need many clues or whatever you can just kind of pop it i think it's just situationally better than we think it is um it, it might be i just it, i wish it was as a, a one i wish it was more flexible i feel like this could say uh choose an investigator at your location that investigator may discard any asset they control and then draw three cards or three resources or any combination like i think it could be way more flexible and still not be too good so it's frustrating that it has these like restrictions on it that it only works for you. It has to be a purple asset. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I don't think it's terrible. Like I'd be willing to give it a try, but I feel like it could have been a little better. Yeah, I wish it just had like two will icons on it. So you, yeah, that would that would draw help a lot you too. or something you have to hold on to forever. Yeah, I feel like will and wild. I could see being reasonable. Yeah, that that would definitely push the needle. Um, 
I don't know. It's a it's an interesting card. Yeah. I think that out of the pack, this is the one that I would probably most likely use. I think I was talking with Ben about that earlier. Yeah, certainly so far. Like certainly if so I had far, to use one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so let's move on to the next one. This one suffers from one of the many laws of Arkham, uh, but called Crystalline Elder Sign. It's an item. It's a relic, which means that uh, Ursula can play it. It's also blessed, which means Mateo can play it, even though he's already purple. Um, costs three to play, three experience to uh, add to your deck. Uh, it's an asset. Uh, it has one wild symbol on it. Uh, and it says seal the plus one or uh, elder sign. Uh, you get one to all stats. So will, intelligence, strength, and agility. And it takes up your next slot. Um, so one thing that, uh, I did just want to point out, uh, before we kind of go into, uh, reasons as to why this also adheres to the dark horse law is, uh, when you seal it, if you're playing a hard or, uh, way more scary, um, there is no plus one. So it has to be the elder sign. If you're playing normal, you can seal the plus one too, but like for hard, I don't think there's a plus one in hard. I think it's just three zeros, if I remember correctly. I mean, it depends on the campaign. It could change, but I think right now, all the campaigns do not have the plus one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's basically uh, seal, most of the time, seal the Elder Sign if you're playing on hard. Well, 100% of the time, if you're playing on hard, uh, seal the Elder Sign. Uh, other, otherwise, you'd probably be wanting to seal the plus one if you're playing on normal. Uh, even still, uh, again, Dan kind of went over this rule with Dark Horse, where if, if there's something that gives you plus one to all stats... It's probably not that great uh, if that's all it's doing. Especially in the context of this being a purple card. So it's mostly, and it's 3 XP. So it's basically Mystics and uh, Ursula who can use it, I think, right? Yep. And if you're purple, wouldn't you rather just have like a Rosary, which is one less resource to play, zero XP, uh, you know, just play that instead. Or the key. The key of yeah. the key, uh, not key there you piece, go. Um, uh, St. Hubert's key. Yeah, yeah. Is like an amazing Cause, card. Because this, I haven't actually done the analysis to say, like, oh, depending on the difficulty of the test and what difficulty you're on, how much. Because on the one hand, you're getting plus one to all stats. On the other hand, you're removing, like, one of the good tokens. Yeah, how much does that actually change your probability of succeeding? And I think it, you know, it, it definitely hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, the getting the plus one mm-hmm. to everything probably doesn't compensate for losing one of the good tokens, especially if you benefit a lot from elder signs like father Mateo does or somebody, but, uh, yeah, no, this is just, this is just bad. Just play, play rosary instead. This is. Yeah, I agree. I'm normally not, not keen on calling cards straight up bad, but if you're playing with any more than one person in your group, this is just terrible. You're taking away the, the opportunity for them to pick an elder sign or a plus one so that you get plus one, all of your stats. Yeah. Like I was doing all the matches based on like just for you. But, but, yeah, but like, this it's is... terrible. Now nobody can draw an Elder Sign because you want plus one to all of your stats. Yeah. No. So this is like the Dark Horse Laws, getting plus one to all stats is usually bad. And uh, also every ceiling card that's been in the game so far has been bad. So, you, <laughs> you know. Except for Premonition. I love Premonition. But anyway, yeah. Also, it takes up your next slot. Um, what do you think, Ben? Uh, I think you guys kind of covered it. I was going to say, like, yeah. It might be okay in solo. Uh, kind of Dan analyze the math and figure sure. out if, like, oh, plus one to everything somehow averages out to be better than the, you no longer draw a plus one or elder sign. But I think any what more than we, solo, uh, it's kind of not great. 
what are we supposed to make of this flavor text priceless in every sense of the word it's like literally worthless yeah they just they just said the wrong word <laughs> it's like so i i really actually like this art uh it's kind of cool but i don't understand uh why this is also a mystic card like i get the the flavor and everything being mystic card but like why would any mystic ever want strength and agility like if this was plus two to will and plus two to intelligence i might be like a little more uh enticed to get to put it in my deck but like nobody no mystic ever uses uh strength or agility for anything except for maybe uh Jim, who has like three strengths, I, who can kind I of mean, like sometimes. I, I think things. maybe at some point in the future, maybe we'll see a mystic that has kind of a different build than the mystics we've seen so far. Um, yeah, who can actually do some fighting and stuff. But even in that case, I still think this is, is too bad to be played. Probably. Mm. Well, we haven't seen a survivor mystic or a guardian mystic yet, right? Uh, well, I mean, I guess um, Carolyn is like sort of a guardian mystic, right? But. Kinda, yeah, but she's all about healing and not not. Can, uh, well, can Carolyn even use this? Can yeah, Carolyn use can. this card? Yeah, she wouldn't anyway. But she she can use like guardian cards that are not weapons higher than level zero, level zero weapons, and then like some number of level zero to one mystic or seeker cards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, correctly. Well, that's that's yeah, that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, a crystalline elder sign. Uh, none of you are planning on using, or none of us are planning on using you anytime soon. So, yeah. um, so I, looks like you're on your own there, bud. Oh wow, you're really I, right? Dane, I, right? Just, I I know you think that we don't notice you putting in all the effort into these segues, but I just want you to notice, buddy. We we see it and we 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 respect you. Um, sleepless nights, yeah, Dane. You. Sleepless nights. So as as Dane has hinted at, the next card is called On Your Own. It's a survivor asset. Uh, it's a talent, uh, costs two resources, three XP, has a will icon on it, limit one per investigator, discard on your own if you control an asset that takes up an ally slot. Uh, trigger ability, when you play a survivor event, exhaust on your own, reduce that event's cost by two. Uh, and the art has a guy kind of holding like a lighter and a set of stick. Can't really see. It's a big monkey wrench. Yeah, it's a wrench. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's the guy from Bioshock, No, actually. is this the wrench from um, Stunning Blow? <gasps> oh! No, that's a crow... It's a big bar, isn't it? I thought it was Isn't a, that just like I a... thought Stunning Blow was a wrench. Oh, no. That was like our favorite art in the pack. This is so embarrassing. I think it was a wrench. <laughs> can't, I can't believe we've forgotten this. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if it is a wrench, it's probably the same wrench, right? There's probably only one wrench. Oh, totally. In the Arkhamor universe. Oh, that's so cool. This is the guy. This is him. What a, this is stunning what blow, a, man. What a hero. What a champion. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, okay, so this is only red characters can use this, right? Because it's 3 XP. So uh, think yeah, about so far. like what allies those characters would want to use and whether <laughs> this would be worth <clears throat> giving those allies up. Um, I mean, you've got Peter, right? Natively. Peter, Peter's pretty <laughs> good. very Peter's hard. He's a pretty good card. To say no to Peter. <laughs> If you have like a high, like an investigator with high sanity, that's survivor. So he doesn't want Peter for whatever reason. And there's no good ally assets in the campaign that you want to use. And you also don't want to use uh, like the graveyard build with your, uh, shoot, what was her name? Yodel. Yodel. Yeah. 
then maybe if you're like a super event focused, like maybe you don't have assets at all or very few assets in your deck. Okay, maybe so you could use it somehow, but notably, you can take this with uh, with uh, Ashcan, right? Because if you control an asset, that takes up an ally slot. Duke does not take up can, an ally slot. Can I ask Ben a surprise rules question? Oh. Yes, that, that's that's a rhetorical question. Obviously, the answer is yes. I All can. right, here we go. So, okay, here we go, ben, ben. Suppose you have this card uh, on on the field, yeah, and you don't have something in your ally slot. You want to play a zero cost uh, survivor event, but you have torturous cords in your threat area, and it's increasing the cost of everything by two, and you have zero resources. So you have zero money. You want to play something that would normally cost zero money, but because of torturous cords. It costs two money instead. What is the order of the modifiers on the cost of that thing? So, like, can you can you play it even though you don't have any money? Oof. I think this is a really hard question. Um, it is. Let me think. I I am sure the intention of this card is probably yes, but uh... because in other card games, sometimes there's weird things that happen where like the effects that modify the let, let's go ahead and call it a mana cost of a card. Sometimes, like, sometimes they take effect at different stages during some kind of a phase or something like that. Uh, let's, let me think. Uh, this is great. Well, Ben thinks about the this. Win, the win occurs uh, before, like, the game state changes. Uh, so, but to play so the card, you, so have to meet, you have to pay the resource costs and meet any restrictions and conditions. Hmm. So even before thinking about this, <laughs> my thought initially about this card was that it's worded very strangely in that it says when you play a survivor event, exhaust on your own, implying that you could already have the money to play it before you reduce the event's uh, cost by two. Uh, so when, when takes place before the specific timing point of the triggering condition, uh, before the impact on the game state. So like it reduces the cost before like... Okay, so you play, could play like some before, like, like for example, what I'm whatever. seeing this in is Dark Horse. I, I think that would be fine. Well, Dark Horse with Lucky because Lucky is one, and you cannot play it with when you have Dark Horse out, right? So this is a way to circumvent that and play your Lucky in a Dark Horse deck. Right? Well, but see, so what I'm saying, Ben, is if it was just I want to play something that naturally costs two and I have zero resources, I could do it. I'm sure of that. Right. The question is, if you, if right. you want to play something that normally would cost zero, but you have torturous cords or the clasp or something that makes it cost more, does that apply like after this on your own effect has already happened? So it like, does the effect, does the cost get like reduced down to zero, but then increased back up to I two? I think that makes sense. Oh, uh, like that's, that's what I'm asking. Mis misunderstood your question. I'd have to so look the, at the, the wording the, on torturous cords yeah. to see like how that or or, uh. or clasp or something. Okay, well I'm I'm happy to have <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have uh, had a, a dumb annoying question about this card. Um, <laughs> no, but I think, uh. think so. There are some expensive yeah, survivor yeah. events, and it obviously is a problem that survivors can't afford to play them, like Will to Survive and Cunning Distraction and stuff. But I just think this isn't enough of a payoff. Like you're gonna, this is maybe gonna trigger like a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and you you paid two to to play it. You paid you paid three XP to to put in your deck, and you're giving up on having a pretty good assets or pretty good allies. So yeah. Okay, so I think there are two issues with it. Uh, one is that it's limit one per investigator. Two is that uh, it's not a permanent. I mean, if it, I think it were if it were permanent, it would be totally nuts bonkers, really good. But um, 
I think it would have had to have been and been something like reduce that event's cost by one even. It's people. People like these types oh, yeah. of cards, like Dark I think Horse. I think people do like Dark Horse because really cool it seems like sort of like a like, thing uh... that you can build a deck around that has like different characteristics than a normal deck. And people, yeah, people like the flavor of it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm giving up I think having so allies, too. but now I'm I think there... this benefit. And I was like, eh, that's cool. Like, if you if you're into this card, that's great. But yeah, yeah. I just I just don't think I think that it's it, pretty reasonable. It's not actually good, but that's fine. Play it if you want to play it. And at least it at least we were able to stump Ben sort of temporarily. Well, I, so. I figured it out already uh, using wow. using uh, resources. Uh, also, I think Matt Newman might have already answered this question or close to. Uh, so yeah, you evaluate all the modifiers at once. So you would like total it up and determine. Uh, first of all, you you can definitely play if you're if you have no money and you have you try to play you have this in play and you try to play an uh, event that's like one cost one or two normally, this will reduce the cost to zero, and then you can still play it. Uh, if you have other modifiers, you'd evaluate that at the same time. So if you have chords, it gives it a plus one, and this gives it a minus two, and the initial cost was huh. uh, one, then you would add that all up, and it would still be zero. It's not like you have to evaluate this minus two first, say, oh, so oh you equals can choose zero now, and then I add the plus two. one. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, I see. I mean, it's all... It's all simultaneous. It's all simultaneous. And the cost can't be reduced below zero, right? Right. That's like the final, like the final effect. Like once you calculate the cost, if it's oh, it's minus one. Nope, it's actually zero. Yeah. Good. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So this pack was tiny and uh, and not great. It's... None of these cards are really good. Only eight player cards. Yeah. Yeah, like they're all kind of fringe cards, I think. And by fringe, I mean uh, kind of not okay to put in decks. Like like Crystalline Edelshine, I just wouldn't. Like normally I'm really – I really try and see the positive side of cards. But like boy, is that a bad – that's super selfish. If you're playing solo, I could understand it. And you want to kind of have fun with uh, never drawing the Elder Sign ever. But like <laughs> uh, Slip Away, I could definitely see for Finn just kind of as a little mini review. Ancient Stone, just put, just play Strange Solution. Uh, sacrifice. I I could see playing that card. I think sacrifice um, is cool. I think it'd be kind of cool. I, just... I love Selfina, so I would. I'm. I'd love to to paint a world sacrifice goats all day. Uh, and then uh, on your own, I could see being played uh, for like a special kind of heart uh, uh, dark horse kind of deck. Yeah, there's only eight cards, so maybe it's it's fine that we weren't that into any of them. And you know, we we liked some of the cards in the previous pack. We're not gonna like all of them. And and some of these like. Yeah, I'm never going to play on your own, but like I said, there's a lot of players that just really like cards like that that are kind of like flavorful and put limitations on your deck. People like those, so, you know, good good for good for them. Yeah, it's a card you kind of have to build yeah. your deck around yeah. to be able to use. So. For sure. Yeah, for sure. and Sacrifice is kind of cool, so. Um, should yeah. we, so are we going to try to go ahead and do the, um, do the, the next pack as well? The Depths of Yoth? Absolutely. Let's shift straight into Depths of Yoth, of which there are no official spoilers, however. What are you what are you talking about, Dane? This yeah, podcast is being released on the release date of Depths of Yoth. So we all just uh are recording this right after going to our local game stores to, to, to get to get the This pack. is true. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Come on, Basically, come on, buddy. Games officially spoils them on like the Monday before release you, on there. You gotta you gotta be up on the time stream, Dane. We're current this is this is the time stream of October, whatever day the pack comes out. I'm waiting for you to stop talking so we can edit this out. <laughs> never, never. So 
we're going to move straight into the depths of Yoth cards, uh, starting with the Guardian cards. Uh, I'll take the first one because uh, I like the first one, honestly. I think it'll be pretty great in some scenarios. Uh, called Handcuffs. Uh, it co- costs two. Uh, it's an asset. Uh, it commits for one agility. It's an item and police. Not like Sting in the police, but like police. How do you know? It's uh, not. It doesn't specify. <laughs> That'd be very anachronistic, Dan. How dare you? Uh, if handcu- uh, So it is an action. If handcuffs is not attached to an enemy, evade. Use only on a humanoid enemy. This evasion attempt uses strength instead of uh, agility. If you succeed, attach handcuffs to the just evaded enemy. If the attached enemy is non-elite, it cannot ready and doom cannot be placed on it. Cool. Very thematically cool. I like this card a lot. I think this card is really good in uh, specific situations where you know there will be a lot of cultists. Um, especially what I'm thinking, Return to Night of the Zealot. The, 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 the Return to Night of the Zealot um, has a lot of humanoid enemies. Are, are just are they humans? Or cult, they're cultists. The cultists uh, yeah. are. Here's they, here's a question. Still cultists, they're still humans, I think. So. One thing that's cool is, okay, so it cannot ready. So even if you drew an encounter card that was like, oh, mo- the nearest enemy to you readies and moves to you and attacks you, that would not work because cannot trumps can, which is good. But when it says doom cannot be placed on it, what if it already has a doom on it? Like what if you try to do this on a cultist? Still has the doom on it. Okay, so this is pretty bad for that situation. Uh, Yeah, but I mean like if it's... Like there are... If it's like one of those guys, there's there's one of the new ones from uh, Threads of Fate, uh, the guy who, when you attack him, you put Doom on him. Yeah, right? it's definitely good for that. There's also, there's some things in Carcosa thing. that like get Doom on them when things happen. There's definitely some situations where, right. yeah, it's just, can't you just kill those enemies if you're on them and you're able to beat them in a fight test? Can't you just machete them in the face? Yeah, but it's like good for like Carolyn or somebody who doesn't necessarily need uh, to kill them. You know, like if, if obviously if you want to take a more pacifist approach to it, like especially in the Forgotten Age, right? Like Forgotten Age in mind, uh, I believe the snakes are cult- uh, not cultists, uh, humanoids. So you can handcuff snakes. Uh, even that doesn't make that any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be wary because your handcuffs could suddenly become snakes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can do that. I think that there's a perfectly fine reasoning for this. The fact that it uses, uh, strength instead of agility is really good too, uh, thematic for guardians. Um, yeah, I just, I like this card a lot. I don't see that it would be overtly good, uh, for somebody who's just trying to murder everything like Mark. Um, but I do like that it is a card now. I would, I would consider playing one of these in Forgotten Age just to see how it works against sort of annoying vengeance enemies, but... I just think it's very limited. You, you, this has to work on a humanoid, non-elite enemy that you can't just kill easily, that has not super high evade so that it's fairly easy to evade, and that doesn't have other annoying effects besides being able to ready. You know, So it, I think it's pretty limited, but it's a mm. neat idea for a card. Yeah, I agree with mm. Dan. I, it's thematically cool. 
but I think it's too limited for. See, I'm uh, I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to I'm trying to be nice to these cards. Yeah, I mean, notably, yeah. it do- definitely does take two actions to actually get this to happen, right? Because you have to take two resources, two actions to yeah. play it. Then you take an action to do yeah. it. That being said, though, uh, just to kind of illuminate one of your points, you can use it against elite enemies, uh, and it would basically just function as a guardian evade card, where you'd be able to evade using your fight instead of. Uh, or your strength instead of your your agility. It just doesn't it doesn't uh, stop Doom from being placed on. It's a good point. I don't think that really. I don't think that makes too much of a difference. But it's a it's a good point to get. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying though. Like I think that the person that I could see this most being used in is Carolyn because she can't use weapons. So you'd kind of want to use uh, it on her though. I, I'm not totally sure honestly what her, her strength, strength is. Not good. Um, I think it's like a two yeah, or okay. something. Well then, uh, <laughs> just play seeker cards, I guess. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm up next, right? So the next one is Blood Eclipse. Um, that's one of the most uh, hardcore, I think, names for a player card that we've seen. Uh, oh, th- the most hardcore. <laughs> so this is a, guardi- the this most is a guardian event. It's a spell and a spirit. It costs one resource to play. It has uh, three experience pips on it. It has a will icon and a strength icon. As an additional cost to play Blood Eclipse, take up to three damage. Fight. This attack uses uh, will instead of fight. Instead of strength, you get plus one will and deal plus one damage for this attack for each damage taken as part of the card's cost. Huh. Interesting. So people, remember when I was mentioning Carolyn, people were actually mentioning this uh, to be used in Carolyn because she can't use... Um, yeah, Carolyn can use it, she can't but use weapons. she's also not a fan of hurting herself that much. Uh she uh well i mean she benefits from it right because she can heal herself and then no get money back. she only gets money when she heals horror heals oh, it's horror, isn't yeah it? i mean you could you could combo it with <laughs> like uh was it smoking pipe or the other drug i don't remember the one that lets you convert damage into horror and then she could heal it you know Pain, this part is really this guy is just like crawling in his skin and these wounds it's great they're not gonna heal i love i love, like, I love blood swords th- when there's a blood surge, this is just this is re- I'm I, down. I don't even what's going on. What's going on with this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's also you just this might be this isn't a good mark card anyway. But the fact that you have to use will instead of strength just makes it like definitely an even worse mark card. So yeah, but you just think about your dead wife. He's got three will. Yeah, but he? He has three you also will, and then you don't want to take five. that much damage as as mark. Like you want to take one uh, at a time to draw true. cards and get a bonus from it. You don't want to just like sure, take three sure. or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this card could work with uh, with Calvin uh, or Carolyn, maybe. Uh, and right, right. Combo I forgot about with Calvin, some type of painkillers combo to boost it up. Yeah. Okay, okay, oh, see, okay. Ben's, Ben's got. This. I feel like every time we see like a card that just looks obviously terrible, it's always like, "Oh, it's for Calvin." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Oh, but that art, though, man, great job, uh, Rio Hey Hase. Well done. I love this art. It's this so is, cool. If you're really into like Avenge Sevenfold or whatever, like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> love this card. Uh, man, I don't, I don't even know what this has to do with Eclipse, but <laughs> I Blood Swords, and I'm all in. I'm all in. It's not actually. It's it's a printing error. It's supposed to say Bloody Clips because he like clips people with the sword. No, I don't know. Um, oh, you know. oh, right yeah, on. There you go. Okay, cool. So let's let's move on to the next one, right? 
Yeah, yeah, let's let's scoot right over. All right. Uh I think it's the next cards. one is a secret card. Uh only one in this pack. It's called Feed the Mind. Costs two uh to play. It's an asset, has a cost three experience to add to your deck. Uh has one intellect icon on it, and it is a spell. Uh abilities are it has uses, three secrets, and as an action you can exhaust feed the mind and spend one secret. Then you make a intellect test of difficulty zero, and for each point you succeed by, draw one card, and then you take one horror for each card in your hand in excess of your maximum hand size. And as I mentioned, it takes up a spell slot. I think this could be a good card. Um, it has potential to like draw you a lot of cards as a seeker. Wasn't uh, in Argum Horror or Eldritch Horror, wasn't Feed the Mind the thing where you could get improvements on your stats? maybe i don't i don't remember i don't know i think it was but uh yeah no this i mean this is at least worth thinking about because this is like a really powerful effect and it doesn't take up a slot you're usually using as a wow as a seeker i'm just kind of trying to process this now this is a isn't um can't can akachi use all spells like can akachi use this no that's marie you can use spells akachi can use um Things that have like uses, supplies, use... or like a cult uh, trait. Oh, right. Uses charges. It's also Char- worth yeah, mentioning. Charges. So we've seen. Remember, there was that card earlier that was like put a secret on one of your cards and do some kind of a. It was like a pretty bad card. Yes, I was just about to mention that actually. Uh, Truth from fiction is now getting a lot more. Well, uh, rep- I, I wouldn't go that far because I feel like the amount of times you're going to want to use this is probably not much higher than three, but. Uh, there's there's some potential with the card you just mentioned and like this card and like a couple of the cards that let you like investigate uh from like different locations like i forget which card it is but there's some card that i think i think it uses yeah. secrets oh you mean in the know that lets you like investigate a different location yeah so yeah in the I, know. there's potential for like playing investigator that like bunkers down in one location while somebody else like runs around and reveals I, everything. I'm so excited to try that. I think okay. we don't actually have enough uses of that card to make that possible, but it's an interesting idea. Um, yeah, yeah, I think like a two players, maybe, uh, and like a couple of cards, but yeah. Talking about this card, though, I mean, this this is really good. If you can, if you can be in a situation where like you use up most of your cards, get down to like two cards, and then do this test and draw like four, that's great. And then you do it. Then you use up a few more cards, and you're down to like three cards in hand. And then you do, it and you draw like four or five again. Like that's yeah, that's pretty strong. That's actually great. Especially think about how this would work with uh, higher education. Like, oh no, I don't have enough cards. Wow. Yeah, that's true. That's really. Although with Rex, notably, it gives you another test if you have your weakness <laughs> set that you'll have to draw again. I mean, the it. only way this is bad is if. Because you don't actually want to take a bunch of horror off of this. You don't want to draw up to, like, 12, you know? So you have to be able to, like, use up your cards. But you should be... If your deck is good, you should be able to do that anyway, right? Yeah, and I think it's normally pretty reasonable because most of the time, like, as far as intelligence modifiers, you're definitely playing Guillermo, uh, a.k.a. uh, uh, Professor... uh, What's his name? Dr. Milan Christopher, yeah. There we go. Dr. Milan Christopher. Um, so you're going to have like six or, or five if you're playing Rex because your magnifying glasses only work when you're investigating. Yeah. So, and it's, and it, 
Uh, As somebody mentioned, it's a spell. It it just takes up a spell slot, right. which if you're playing most right. most seekers, you're not really gonna be using your spell slots very much. So Yeah, yeah. This is probably more reasonable than the other spell. Uh just because the other spell costs five uh pips. This is actually not Because it's just yeah, you're you're gonna to with Guillermo, you're gonna have at least like five base int- intelligence as a seeker usually, and then you could even like yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're just probably going to, you're going to, like, draw minus two. You're probably going to draw three. Like, you're just going to draw so many cards from this. Right. Yeah, seems seems I mean, solid. Yeah. It is a little like dangerous a on the card or export where, like, drawing a bad token could be pretty oh, definitely. Bad. Like, easy, easy yeah. standard, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But, like, you do want to avoid extra tests on the harder difficulties. Yeah, it's but true. Still, but, like, I the, think yeah, it yeah, might yeah. Really good. The payoff is, the payoff is so high, though, that yeah. I think it, I think it gets there. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Although, if you what, what's the one weakness that nobody ever wants to put in the deck? Amnesia. But this yeah. even helps you recover from that. Like, oh no, amnesia! I just went down to one card. That's true. Boom, that is very true, draw actually. six. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought of it being detrimental because you just draw into draw six cards. One of them's amnesia. Guess I have to discard all of them. But then you just do it again next turn. Yeah, I, I think this is actually. I think this is actually very good. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. I like this a lot. Hooray. So we're unanimously in favor of Feed the oh, Mind, yeah. right? Yeah. Our minds have been thoroughly fed. Mm, brains. Yeah. Okay. So who whose turn is it? We can, we, we can edit this out later, but whose turn is it? Dan, you, you, why, don't you, why don't you lead us into the next card? But what if it's not my turn? I'm right. to you know what? We, we don't want to pick up the rotation, Ben. God damn it. Oh, no. Uh, you have to you have to bleep that out now. Beep! <laughs> I'll, beep I'll just beep everything you guys say for the whole episode. How about that? That sounds good. Um, so the next card, this is a uh, this is a rogue asset. Costs two resources More to rogue play. Cards. Zero XP. Uh, has one agility icon on it. It's called Colt Vest Pocket. Uh, it's an item, a weapon, a firearm. It's illicit. Uh, oh, illicit. Great. Um, that means uh, whatever. So it has five ammo <laughs> action, spend one ammo fight. You get plus one strength for this attack. This attack deals plus one damage forced at the, at the end of the round discard cold. Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so, this is so funny. I hadn't looked at this card before. I swear as I was reading it, I was like, Oh, wow. Oh, this is actually pretty good. Wait a minute. This is a, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is a road card. There What's, it is. When, when are we going to, when are we going to see the, the flip side that makes this terrible? There it there is. It is. Yep. Woo. Yep. <laughs> for sure for sure it's not even fast oh my god i that's that's the part that i was gonna bring up <laughs> okay all right well uh yeah. let's okay does anyone have any very quick thoughts about this uh piece of garbage it's, before we move on it's it's something you can flat <laughs> hand out and maybe okay woo, okay so yeah. here's the thing but i think this is a better target for sleight of hand yep. so right 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 yeah so sleight of hand uh is the is definitely the card uh has been mentioned that you play this with uh but also i don't remember i mean i don't know if you guys remember but there is definitely an ally that lets you play things fast oh yeah uh, Ooh. oh only only Joey illicit the things. rat only illicit and you this is illicit this. Ooh, wow j- 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 joey the all, rat's got you're your jumping back. through all of these hoops and playing all these terrible cards to get a 45 basically <laughs> to get a 45 that costs a little bit less and has one extra bullet which you uh, won't have actions to use no 
It's so bad. <laughs> Notably, though, I do like the art a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like got this like super sexy James Bond suave kind of a you know little thing to it. I think it's pretty cool. Good job, dual brush. I was studios. gonna say like most of the rogues also don't have like good fight. So, <laughs> yep. You know, yeah, it's it like skids, right? Uh, does skids yeah. not have good fight? Skids, is, yeah. no, skids is okay. That's yeah. fine, but I think everyone else has three or two, so like plus one fight is yeah. Oh yeah, not yeah. Great. This is literally for skids. Yeah. All right, let's also because like skids can get extra actions, so he can like te- technically get more use yeah. out of this. <laughs> this is like any time. Let this be a lesson. Every time you're reading a green card that seems like it might be good. Like it's going to be like, oh wow, the first couple lines of text on this are great. Then the last one's going to be like, yeah. As soon as you play this card, you lose the game or something like. like oh, one hundred percent. Though I had the same exact reaction that you did. My mind was like going like, wow, this oh, is wow. this yeah. is forty five. That's too less. <laughs> even you even commit it for the same thing, and it's more relevant because you're a rogue. And then immediately. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and again, it's not even like, oh, maybe I can somehow like blink it or something and then it stays out forever. It's like, nope, it's forced at the end of the round. <laughs> Just discard it. I mean you could uh ah. you could avoid that by using like pocket watch or something. Ooh. But... Well no, here's what you could here's what you could do. You could play this, use up a couple bullets, then teamwork it to the next person, then they could use it a couple times. Because it's at the end of the <laughs> round, not at the end of your turn. That's true. You could like toss the gun between people and they could shoot a couple times. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Which would be pretty hilarious, but like pretty hard to pull off. Uh, All right, we need to move on because yep. this card's dumb. We need to Let's, move on to the next <laughs> card, which has some really incredible art that we need to talk about. I, I actually really like this card a lot. Ben, you want to? Uh... Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, it's definitely your turn. That's fine. Uh, it's called. Oh, it is. Oh no! Called, Get out of here, Ben. Uh... Get out of here, Ben. <laughs> All right. Uh, this card is a uh, coup de gras. Uh, it is a rogue card. It, it costs you to play, and it's an event. It has two strength icons on it, and it is a tactic, and it also has the keyword faded on it, which is another one I don't think is used anywhere yet. Uh, what happens is it deals one damage to an enemy at your location. If this effect defeats that enemy, draw one card. If it is your turn, it ends your turn. Uh, this action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. And uh, the quote on it is, two bullets cracked open the creature's skull, then another, then another than another uh yeah and it features a lady like shooting shooting a gun like into some type of monster's head a lot and it's pretty great uh is is her oh, is her awesome. face is her face like scrunched up from like pure rage or is it like she was beaten savagely in the face and she's getting revenge or does she just look like that uh i think the blood do you see like the blood spattering yeah. up yeah i think that she's like Getting I assume this face. is like her first kill type of situation, or like a horrible monster broke into her office or whatever, uh, like attacked, and she had to pull out her gun, and after hitting it with, I don't know, a pan or something, you have an office's, yeah, she had to finish it off. <laughs> after hitting it with the office pan. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Obligatory office pan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I almost said book, but obviously no sane person had actually, a book anywhere near them. So. That's, that's actually anachronistic. Office pans weren't invented until the early 40s. Um, <laughs> so they, they wouldn't have had office pans during the oh, era man. in which this game takes place. Uh, 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 so as for the card itself, I uh, so, feel like this is not great, but maybe Dane has a different opinion. Okay. Before Dan gives his opinion... Let me illuminate something about Coup de Gras. It is a tactic. 
which means that Mark can play it. <laughs> it also commits for two strength, which is pretty notable. That's actually really solid. This uh, okay. Th- this card. This card doesn't get near a good Mark deck. Like, come you, on. You know that Mark has <laughs> Ecop, which let lets him deal one damage uh, and then also draw a card because of his ability, right? All. I mean, geez, if, if you want to kill something that has like one health on it, just punch it. Think about Sophie to take damage and draw a card and be certain that you're going to succeed against hitting it. No, you'd never play this in Mark. Yeah. I think the strange thing is, so like I was saying with the card from the uh, the previous pack, uh, rogues are getting this, this quote-unquote terminal. Uh, so end your turn after this thing happens uh, theme going on. Uh, it should definitely be deal two damage and draw two cards and i'm imagining it's probably going to get upgraded hopefully to something that's way more if, reasonable. yeah this was do two damage draw two if, if it kills it draw two cards in your turn then i would maybe play it in green decks yeah but this i would never i would never play good. it the way it is notably it does commit for two strength and that's nothing to scoff at that's pretty strong i mean if you're playing a if you're playing a green deck that has overpowers in it you could think about swapping out an overpower for this um, right, exactly. But yeah. that's the only situation I would think about doing it in. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. Uh, it. How many cards have we seen that have that little weird hat over one of the letters? That's something special about this card. It has a little hat over the A, <laughs> like they do, like they do in France. You know. Yeah, that's 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 pretty insightful, Dan. Uh, hardcore analysis there. Yeah, I was gonna say I think there's some in Ruguru. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh. All right, whose turn is it to do the next card? I'll do this one. Skeleton Key. The Skeleton Key. It is unique. That's what that means, right? Yeah. Okay, it is unique. It is three to play asset. Uh, Costs two pips of experience. It is... uh, Commits for two intelligence. It is an item, a relic, which means that most notably Ursula can play it. It's also cursed. Uh, exceptional and fast. Uh, exceptional meaning that you have to pay uh, double the amount of printed pips on it in order to uh, put it in your deck. So realistically, it costs you four. Also, doesn't that also mean that you can only have one in your deck? Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, as an action, attach skeleton, attach the skeleton key to your location. If it is already attached to your location, detach it and return it to your play area instead. Set the attached location's shroud value to 1. Now, in the past, there were some very shameful spoilers released from somewhere. And people were blowing up about this card. Because I, too, love this card. Namely, because it could be played in Ursula. But why would Ursula need it? Yeah. Yeah. Why would that be why you're excited about it? Like, it's good for, it's good for like, everyone else. For green characters that... Uh, aren't good at investigating uh, and also like helps other people on the team that are right, because, not good at because investigating you play but it, if Ursula has already had a other location people can help. then uh, she's just going to sweep all the clues and then leave Like, yeah I mean this yeah. this seems like a really powerful effect and it sort of is but I think that it's I mean I, I think that it's sort of this isn't really necessary if you're like a seeker or a person who's actually good at getting clues this is really necessary or occasionally it is but not often enough this is mostly for those places where it's like, oh, everybody needs to help get these last couple clues because we don't have much time. 
I don't know. I don't know. This is a really hard one to evaluate. I think this card is incredible. So you would you would you'd really play this in Ursula Dane? Uh yeah. I mean I play with I play cutthroat Obal uh but, <laughs> Ursula, so but like, just have a ton of experience. But like think about you have to spend an action to put this on your location and then another action to pick it up when you're done, assuming you want to bring it to the next location. It really depends upon the place, that, though. That like, there are, there are shroud, like, five or six areas. There's no... Like, slow does not exist in Ursula's Dictionary. But if if you're playing this, then it does, because you're moving no, to an area, no, not. putting it this on doesn't. it, and then picking it up afterwards. That's slowing you down a huge amount. It's also usually in the game... There's not usually places that have five or six shroud and a lot of clues. There's usually a place that has like five or six shroud and like one per investigator clues. Or I mean, think about Dunwich. Uh, I can't remember that well. Are there places where that happens? Yeah, like when you're defeating Silas, there's like all of the clues in the entire game go into that one. Yeah, place. but what's the shroud? Isn't the shroud like three or four? Yeah, that's that's not that bad. Four is high. Mm-hmm. I'd consider four high. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a couple. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple places. Like, like, honestly, I think I would rather take this in, like, a green character that's not normally that great at getting clues. Because then sure. this, oh, yeah, this is, yeah. like, your sort of emergency, you know, our secret just died and we need to get these clues or something. Hmm. Because they were playing men. Maybe. Whoops. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a cool, yeah, I don't know. It's a cool card. I just, I think it, I don't think it's as good as, as you're saying it is, but. I, I, yeah, I personally think it's extremely good. But, you know, that's just me. Does cursed mean anything or do anything yet? I thought so, but I don't I don't believe like, so. Can, I was thinking about that earlier. Can Rex I don't use, think like, cursed, cursed things or something? I, no, he can't. No, yeah. Rex can't, can't take uh, fortune cards. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah I can't think of anything that interacts with cursed as of now. Yeah. Yeah, no, not yet. <clears throat> not yet, anyway. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I like this card. Uh... It's. I think it's a cool. It's interesting. I'm glad that uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad that they made this card. I, I'm not sure. I would. I'm not sure what decks I'd play it in, but there's probably some deck that can use it. So. So one thing that is worth noting is that like because it says set the attached location shroud value to one, that overrides like all like modifiers and such. It's just. Oh, I was, oh right. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So like, unfortunately, it means you can't combo it with like a flashlight to like reduce it to one and then <laughs> subtract it down to zero or something. Zero. But it does mean you can use it to override stuff that like increases the shroud, like um, obscuring fog. Yeah. Uh, right. That type go. of thing. Right. So. Yeah. I like it. Let's move on. Sure. Uh, let me do the next one. So this is Mists of Rula. I'm glad that it, I'm, I'm glad that this one was on me to try to pronounce instead of Ben. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty Riley. sure it's pronounced Riley. 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 Mists of Riley. Um, pretty certain. Like Mists of, of Rilo Kylie. Um, so this is a <laughs> this is a Mystic asset. Costs two resources. Four XP to put in your deck. Uh, it has a will icon and an agility icon. It's a spell. Has five charges. Uh, action: spend one charge. Evade. This evasion attempt uses will instead of agility. You gain plus three will for this evasion attempt. If you succeed after evading the chosen enemy, you may move to a connecting location. If a skull, cultist, tablet, squid, or tentacle symbol is revealed during this evasion attempt, choose and discard a card from your hand. And this is an upgraded version of an earlier card, right? Yes. And I th- there is a base level mist of Riley. I think that the main difference is the non upgraded version didn't give you the plus three will, right? That's the main Correct. yeah, the main change. I think this has an extra charge on it as well. Yes. I think 
you're right. I think this is just kind of like the right of seeking or shriveling upgrades where if you think that the base card is good, then once you get the XP, you probably want to get this one, but it doesn't really make it, it doesn't drastically change whether it's a good card or not, right? Yeah. So my experience with Mists of Riley, uh, it's an extremely good card in the Forgotten Age, I think. Uh, it's it's extremely good because uh, you want to be evading enemies, not so much killing them when they have vengeance on them. Um, sometimes they'll just kind of stay put and not ever have to deal with you again. But also it's like the most efficient way to deal with those kinds of things. Because of the fact that you're going to want to be doing other things as well, and like having to evade something every single turn, unless you're Finn, who has the extra action to do so, uh, just takes so much time, uh, and it's really kind of punishing. Uh, whereas this card makes it so much easier to do so. Um, if you're playing in Akachi, you can keep replenishing the charges. Um, well, bouncing it back to your hand anyway. But uh, this is pretty reasonable as an upgrade, I think. Plus three will is really good. Yeah, if you have room for this spell in your deck because you want to be able to evade, then I think it's like a solid upgrade for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. four XP is a lot, but you can use the whatever that thing is, Arcane Research or whatever. To yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just because normally you know you have two spell slots, and normally it's like Shriveling and Rite of Seeking is kind of like the classic combo. Hmm. Um, but I could see maybe. And it's hard to get rid of either of those things, but I could see maybe you're like, oh, we have a Seeker and someone else that can get clues. I don't really need to get clues as much. I'm more of like a right, fighting and invading right. person. So I don't know. It's I think it's decent. Yeah. I mean, it honestly really depends, though. I think in the Forgotten Age, this is where this shines because, I mean, in our playthrough anyways, uh, we're playing through uh, with uh, Kachi and Daisy. And I took this in Akachi as just a one of as like my fifth spell, kind of to try and fill it out. Hopefully I'll get a spell down. For whatever reason, I've drawn it every single game that I've, we've played, and I've played it, and it's just done so much work. Like, I, I almost want to take it more than uh, Shriveling, but definitely more than Rite of Seeking because you're Daisy. Yeah. I think it's really good. I think it's a very solid card and reasonable to upgrade into. There's also definitely that, there's that weird thing with Rite of Seeking where Rite of Seeking is excellent if you're playing with exactly three people because you get the upgraded one and you get, like, three clues sure. at a time. But if you're playing with two or four people, it's way worse. So, sure, yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next one? Let's do it. I've completely lost track of whose turn it is, but I know it's not mine. I, I think it's my turn. All right. So this is a this is a survivor card uh, called Winging It. Uh, it is an event that costs one to play, zero experience to put in your deck. It is has the tactic and improvised keyword on it. Tactic means Mark can use it. And uh, text audit <laughs> text audit is you may yes. play winging it from your discard pile. If you do, shuffle it into your deck after resolving its effects. Uh, and the effect is uh, in- investigate. Your location gets minus one shroud for this investigation. If you played winging it from your discard pile, discover one additional clue if you succeed. I think this might be like a pretty decent clue getting card for a survivor. At least compared to what they already Same. have. Uh, Same. Because you can immediately yeah. you can use tw- use it twice, uh, right? And the second time but you keep can in mind, get extra clues. So the first time you use it, it's like barely worth spending one resource on because it just gives you minus one shroud, which you know maybe you need that. Like it kind of helps, but it's not. You're not like thrilled to have this card in your deck for that reason. You're basically playing it so that you can play it from your discard pile, right? Which leads me into a thought: is that 
So cornered, effects like cornered, like Yaudel, and like uh, Ashcan being able to use, uh, you know, his fast action to discard a card so he can ready Duke again. Really solid here, I think. That's that's the application. Um, you play this in in uh, like Ashcan, who can pitch it uh, to ready Duke again to uh, to investigate, and he'll investigate with a base of uh, four. Oh no, no, that's a Duke specific. Yeah, you action, definitely right? can't combo this with Duke. Yeah, Darn, but yeah, but yeah. it's still. I mean, the fact that Red does have these things now, like cornered, that make right. you discard cards. Right. Um, it is cool for them to make cards that want to be discarded because they're better to have in your discard pile than yeah. in your hand. Like this is, this does work really well with those, and it would be cool if they would make more cards like this because. Right, right, right. Well, actually, they're kind of is. Isn't there kind of a blue card that's like this, but for vicious blow? There's improvised weapon or whatever. Yes. Yes, it, yep. It's too bad that these decks that are playing cornered probably can't use that card. Um, I guess William York can, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I that that's what I was thinking. Like, so so I think eventually there's going to be a whole improvised cycle. Uh, all the others are probably going to be garbage because the things that you want to be doing is either killing things or uh, actually I don't know about that. Uh, scratch that last thought because if I think that the so there was a card from the last pack slip away. Um, if they printed a survivor event that was similar to slip away, but you know, when you play it from the discard pile, uh, it basically freezes them, you know, like that kind of effect I think is pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, oh, in terms of one other thing that's kind of interesting is so like Wendy's, Wendy's unique item lets her play events from the graveyard anyway. I guess you just don't need that for this cause you can play it anyway. Like it doesn't interact with that at all really. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I think this is I think this is decent and I think it's a cool direction that they should go of making more cards like this because it does yeah. fit into a cool mechanic for survivors. Yeah, I agree. Is it worth really quickly comparing it to Look What I Found? Uh I think Look What I Found is a yes, little bit better. No. Right. Un- yeah, unless I think so too. This maybe is about as good if you're taking into if you have like cornered and stuff, but um, but I don't know. I mean, you might play both. So I was thinking about more, uh, deduction, right? Uh, this is, gives you a deduction effect if you play it from your discard pile. Yeah. Deduction's pretty, pretty solid. Uh, it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Moving on, moving on to the next one. Um, it's old hunting rifle. Uh, we've got, uh, three to play asset, three, uh, pips of experience to put it in your deck. You've got one strength symbol, one agility symbol. Uh, it is an item, weapon, firearm. Uh, it uses three ammo. You use uh, you spend an action, spend one ammo, fight. You get plus three strength and deal plus two damage for this attack. However, if a skull or autofail symbol is revealed during this attack, the rifle jams. This attack automatically fails, is what this means. Uh, before you can activate the ability again, you must perform the following ability. Action, you clear the jam. So, really big card, I think, for survivors, because survivors historically do not have that great of weapons. Uh, they have, like, baseball bat, but that takes up both their hands, and if you're kind of, you know, playing with a more limited friend pool you don't really have a lot of ways to put other things down like if you want to play a fire action like that um but it's also got the same rider that baseball bat does where bad things happen if you drop bad symbols 
Yeah, I think this could be a solid weapon compared to other, definitely compared to other survivor weapons. Uh, you know, you have like a, depending on your chaos bag, 20-ish percent chance that it's going to fail, which is not not great. Uh, I don't think you play this in Carcosa, right? Because you got three Yeah, spells. you probably can't. But, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but the effect by itself, like plus three, plus leader for your fight, plus two damage, that means if you don't draw a skull or tentacles, then you'll probably succeed and do three damage, which is usually, That's really good. usually good. Yeah, that is really good. Um, unfortunately, this takes up like two hand slots, uh, which is kind of a, that's always kind of like a big cost, I think, because it prevents you from using other yeah, know, it, variety of other things. You can't have a machete or, or a fire It might axe be a little anything. bit less of a cost for red characters, but like William Yorick probably wants to have knives and things out, so probably he's not going to use right. it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So, notably, I know that, again, Ben is a very big Silas player. My question for Ben is, if you use this ability and you commit a defiance to it, a level 2 defiance that says, or even just level 1, no. and you, you say you name Skulls, when you name a Skull, does this effect happen uh, uh, with defiance? The oh, effect damn. still happens. All it? defiance does is ignores the effects of the token like uh whatever the scenario gotcha. card says oh, okay, okay. it doesn't i wasn't sure if it ignored all effects no there was like, uh, that would our, our good buddy uh matt newman i think answered that in faq and i was i was looking this up when i gotcha. saw this card i was like oh does that work and uh no it's not so Lame. yeah otherwise that'd be amazing but i think it's still pretty pretty solid as a as a weapon for survivors they've they've badly needed a good weapon even though it's three pips to upgrade into uh, I could definitely see survivors going into this. Yeah, but they don't have anything to expend experience on anyway, unless they're just constantly <laughs> yeah. cycling exile cards or whatever. So Yeah, I, I think it just doesn't quite get there, because I think the only survivor that's good at... Well, I guess there's it, it would have to be either Silas or William York, and I think William York has other stuff he wants to use instead. Um, like, yeah. he can use Machete. So maybe Silas, um, and I, I haven't really played Silas, so I don't really know how good it would be, but it's maybe worth investigating. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play yeah, for and Silas next time I play him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to want to move on to the next card. Yeah. Oh, all right. So the next card, the first neutral card of three in this pack, is the Thermos. Uh, it is a asset that costs four to play, zero pips, has one will icon, and it is an item uh, asset. It has uses three supplies. It has two different actions on it. Uh, the first one is spend one supply, exhaust thermos, heal one damage from investigate your location, uh, or heal two damage instead if he or she has two or more physical trauma. And then the other alternative is spend one supply to exhaust thermos to heal one horror from investigate your location, or two horror if he or she has two or more mental trauma. So uh, I think this card is not very good. <laughs> No, it's actually really great. See, it's for it's for Calvin. So, okay, not, imagine you're playing Calvin. Calvin. Now, imagine you're playing Calvin. You're a couple scenarios in. You have successfully obtained like three or four trauma in each of, of each type of trauma. So you're doing great. The Calvin plan is operational and everything is is going according to plan. But you're like, whoa, dog! I'm being a little bit too good at these tests. My stats are a little too high. <laughs> what I really want to do is crank it down a notch and chill out a little bit with some soup that's when you that's when you use this card 
for four resources. When you break out your anachronistic four, chicken noodle that's, soup. That's when you play four resources to play this hot thermos um, full of <laughs> full of hot liquid, and then you just you know you go for it. You know, you know what else you can get for. You can actually just straight up play Dr. Milan Yeah, or like a gun. Or beat cop. Like in this universe, instead or of, a gun. <laughs> instead of having a thermos, you could just have like a gun. Why is this four resources, man? I, I personally love this card because in the in the in the off chance that anybody anywhere in the world would want to carry on playing intrepid Arkham, uh, basically meaning boo, that you carry on between scenarios. Uh, this is really good for that situation. Uh, is it yeah, though? Nobody, nobody, nobody wants to play that ever. It costs. It's cost so much to play the play, and then actions to use it. Uh, yeah. I guess oh, it's yeah. efficient. Yeah, by the time I find other people that want to play the same uh, investigators between scenarios or between uh, campaigns, uh, there'll be a card that you play, and then you can play your next card reduced. This will still be terrible. <laughs> because <laughs> you great. used you It'll used that great. card on this instead of like a gun or something i think the only notable part about this is a it's really good if you're carrying on between scenarios b a i think we did research on it that or very limited research that ben or ben or uh, dan said that it's thermos was that was not actually a uh, thing until like the 1930s or 40s i was wrong when i talked about that apparently i know nothing about the 1920s ben. uh <laughs> no but like the i forget what it was originally called but like thermos was like their first brand of like this uh sealed canister for storing food and then it eventually became like the household name for that you know uh, so mm. now it's just a general term. Oh, so it was during the twenties. But yeah, it was invented like I think it was late, late eighteen hundred, eighteen hundreds, maybe early nineteen hundreds. Uh, so yeah, it was gotcha. an attractive thing. So this is a uh, this is time period. Let me let me just ask one more question. So in the spirit of like trying to be charitable and like trying to find ways that this card could be okay. Imagine if you're playing a game and just you're really unlucky in the first couple scenarios and you end up with a whole bunch of trauma. Like, imagine if you're playing a character with, like, five or six sanity and you have, like, three horror trauma. Would you, like, would it be worth playing this card in that situation when you know you have a bunch of trauma and you're like, well, I need, it might not be great, but I need something to deal with it? I mean, it's a fairly efficient heal if you have the trauma, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, like, like you play this play, instead of, like, smoking pipe or painkillers or something. Is it more efficient or, than, like, first aid, upgraded first aid? Well, or or what about like I mean I guess Elder Sign and Bulletproof Fest cost experience, and this doesn't. So right, right, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. This is also a neutral card, so anybody can play. But it. you, uh, so like if you've if you've gone far enough into the game that you've taken a bunch of trauma, you probably have some experience, and you could get an Elder Sign or a you know Bulletproof Fest or something. I wish this didn't cost four. Yeah. Like if it costs like two yeah. to play, I would think it's more reasonable. But because it costs four. Even and three, only has four three supplies. So much. Yeah, yeah. I think I think though that kind of goes in tandem with what you were saying on the previous uh, episode, where uh, we were talking about neutral cards, and uh, neutral cards just kind of can't inherently be as good as class cards, just because of the fact that they would just be like kind of an auto include, include. like you know, like the whole guts uh, perception kind of cycle is just really solid, and people will always like. There's no reason not to play uh, unexpected courage, right? Yeah, except uh, that it's kind of boring, but yeah. It's boring. I, I think neutral cards like shouldn't like do whatever a class does better than that class. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. I, yeah, if there's, like, yeah. If there's like some niche that a class isn't filling, then it's okay to have a neutral card that like works for all of them. But in, yeah, which in this case, this could be like there's no. I mean, I guess Carolyn, her theme is healing horror, but for the most part, like there's no specific class that's like, oh, uh, this is the class that does all the healing. Well, I mean, guardians basically mostly. I mean, other people can heal other things, but I think for the most part, that is a guardian thing. There's like first aid. Yeah, I guess it's true. And yeah, first aid, second one. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of it's self healing, but they do some. Yeah, you're right. There are cards that help you heal your friends. Yeah, there are horror cards though in other classes. Uh, there's um, clarity of mind. The spell for yeah. yeah, clarity of mind, and then the yellow. Uh, what's it called? The thing that lets you get rid of. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit spread around, but medical texts. I, it just went like as a focused theme yeah. for a class. Like, oh, this is a class that like generally has like. You know, yeah, good at this type of thing. Mentioning Carolyn, though, that's a good point. Uh, you can use this on Carolyn, and it wouldn't be that that bad because you get your money back eventually. She does yeah. get a lot of money. Uh, well, so. only only if you're able to keep healing horror all the time. Uh, well, it's... yeah, I mean, for people who want to play Carolyn, I think that it's totally reasonable to put a thermos in your deck or two. Yeah. Anyway, should we? Um, should I do the next one? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So the next one is hemispheric map. Uh, which has pretty cool art. This is a neutral asset, costs two resources, three XP, has a will and an intellect symbol on it. Uh, while your current location is connected to at least two other locations, you get plus one will and plus one intellect. When your current location is connected to at least four other locations, you get an additional plus one will and plus one intellect. Um, and it takes up a neck slot, an amulet slot. So probably we want to compare this against... Um, the Holy Rosary and the key of, um, the, Hebert, no, the, the key of, uh, St. Oh, Hubert. Uh, Hubert. Nope. Well, I mean, we could compare it against that too, but, um, <laughs> huh. It's, why is this like a, so is this, what's the name for this slot? We call it a neck slot, but it's actually, it's actually the accessory slot. Okay. So yeah. it's okay. That this is a map and not a necklace. I'd wear it around my it neck. Doesn't make, it doesn't make sense that, like, having a necklace means you can't then also carry a map, but <laughs> well, whatever. You could wear it like a cloak, you know. I mean, it was the 1920s, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Social Ma- stigma. Maps, maps at the time had to be worn around the neck. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, so think about the, the key. The key also gives you plus one will and plus one intellect. And the right. only cost is that it like reduces your sanity by two, and it only lasts until you're about to go insane. Yeah, but then it also heals you. Yes. Uh, some more. So your location away. is almost always going to be connected to one other location. Very often, it's going to be connected to two, although less in the Forgotten Age than in other other places, right? Uh, well, once you if you've once you've like explored enough in a Forgotten Age, I think a lot of stuff's connected yeah, to yeah. at least two. Uh, yeah, but at, at, at the beginning. At the beginning, like, often it won't. Yeah. Um, I might throw a number out there and say, like, maybe 80% of the time you're going to have at least two other locations in play in maybe not the first scenario, but a lot of scenarios. There there will be times where – many times where you'll be able to benefit from this. That sounds in the in the neighborhood of, of being right. Yeah. And then four locations. So, like, the only thing that comes to mind immediately is um, uh, Pallet Mask. Where you're in the catacombs and there's just like always four locations, or usually anyway, I think. I think there's often like one central, a couple of central locations that are connected to four things. And then 
Yeah. But on average, yeah. most places are not connected to four things. Is that Ben is the one that usually sets up the geometry. Does that sound right to you, Ben? Yeah, there's not too many times you're going to have four locations or four or more. Uh, yeah, like a central place, like in uh, second zealot midnight masks, like the central location there, I think mm-hmm. is four. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's right. definitely a couple yeah. of central locations, but you're probably not hanging out at those locations the entire scenario. So you're not going to benefit from it that much. I think for most purple characters, I would rather have either the rosary or the key. And for most other characters, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not really sure which characters would want this. Because I think if you can play the, I would rather have the key of the key of Saint Hubert than this. I think Ursula can use this. Oh wait, everyone can usual. Uh, yeah, yeah. She doesn't have yeah. a good next slot, right? I mean, she got the tooth. I guess is pretty solid. So that's what I was gonna say. We're all kind of alluding to the fact that purple and yellow. Uh, so seekers and mystics could use this the best. Um, way back uh, in time when we were talking about the crystalline elder sign and how. It would be better if it were just those two stats. This is the exact reason why, because this card is actually way more reasonable and way harder to call overtly bad, because I think it's actually pretty fine. And I think that, when remember when we were talking about um, that in-the-know thing, which I'm definitely making a super janky awesome build for. Oh I think that this is perfect for that build, where you run into a central location, you plop down a barricade, and you plop down in-the-know, and you just investigate from one spot, and you don't move, and you benefit from this the entire time. Yeah, I mean that can maybe work. Mm, but even in that situation, even in that situation, do you do you want it over something else? As Daisy, yeah. yeah. There's there's like nothing else that you'd prefer. Like maybe like you'd swap Saint Hubert's key for this. I think. Uh, I yeah, I guess Daisy does take a lot of horror from her stupid necronomicon so yeah 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 that's why uh, yeah but keep in mind the key is also no xp right and this is three right but this also costs two less to get out too yeah that's true which is important because like you're playing this and milan which is eight to get out and that's a lot of money to pay for. yeah i don't know i i think for me this is sort of like um if this is better than the key it's not much better and it might be better but it's not yeah. I'm going to drastically change how those decks work, but it's all right. Yeah. I mean, that being said, though, it's like a pretty solid stat boost for, for anybody, right? Like the fact, I think the most the most notable thing about this card is that it is neutral, like Ben said, you know? So like survivors, like uh, if people are playing Calvin or being people playing, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Silas. Uh, I know that Silas has two intelligence, two will, and... You know, more often than not, this will kind of bring them up to three on each set. That's pretty fine for two and three experience. Um, like you said before, survivors don't really have too, too much to spend their experience on. So maybe this would kind of be an idea yeah. if you're playing with a smaller team. And maybe. I mean, but pretty all right. survivor has like a couple things they can put in the next slot that might be might be better. Oh, good point. Yeah, they, they have rabbit's foot. And, and, uh, I mean, rabbit's yeah. foot isn't great. Cherished. It's decent, but... Uh, yeah. And yeah, they have the chairs keepsake if you're not running um, Peter, but I just run Peter because uh, Peter also gives you anyway. plus one will. Uh, I mean, I yeah. I think yeah. I mean, I think where we're at on this card is it's probably decent, 
but uh, there's just there's similar cards that are probably close to as good, and it's you know interesting. It's hard to determine exactly how good it is compared to those cards. Yeah, Dan, take us into the last card of this pack. Sure thing. Uh, this card is called Time Worn Brand. Um, it uh, it costs five, and it also has five experience pips on it. It has a will icon and a strength icon. Picture is of a cool kind of Mesoamerican-looking sword. Um, it is an item, a relic, a weapon, and it is melee. Takes up a hand slot. Action: If Time Worn Brand is ready, fight. You get plus two strength and deal plus one damage for this attack. Action: Exhaust Time Worn Brand. Fight. Add your will to your skill value for this attack. This attack deals plus three damage. If this attack defeats an elite enemy, draw three cards. Max once per game. Hmm. I remember Ben having a lot to say about this card, so I'm eager. I'm eager to hear what what. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was initially say. very excited about this card because I didn't read it properly, which is usually how it goes. Uh, but <laughs> oh, because <laughs> uh, the first effect on it is basically like a better version of Machete. It doesn't have like a really serious yeah. qualifier on it uh, obviously it costs five right. to play and five experience per your deck which are big big downsides but uh so the first part i was like oh yeah this is this is like a better version of machete and the second part i was thinking oh you can add your will and do a bunch of extra damage and then like get card draw once per game and i thought i was thinking oh the card draw part is the once per game thing you could still do the attack like the good attack every turn but that's uh that's not true you can only do that second action once for the whole game uh, which makes it right. less great. Meaning, for, uh, but meaning each scenario you can do it, right? Yeah, scenario yeah, game yeah. I, I believe are synonymous. But okay. uh, so I thought like, oh, this would be great on Zoe uh, because she has good will, a good fight, so she'll be like make attacks like once per turn for with like uh, eight base skill and do like four damage. It'll be great, but uh, that's not the case. So instead, this is just like a very expensive upgrade to machete uh, or if you don't have access to machete you know it could be good uh, and then it has like a once per game effect that you might be able to trigger uh, but it only triggers off elite enemies the good part of it mm-hmm. the draw three and uh, elite enemies often like the boss that like ends the scenario not, not always uh, but... exactly that's what i was gonna I say mean, there's a lot no like the reason that things that only work on non-elite enemies are kind of bad is that there's usually more elite enemies than just the last boss. It's usually anything that's like pretty annoying and sort of like story based. Like often there's like a four fight okay, four sure, sure. health annoying monster that does something. It's like elite. So you can't just like cheese it with a, um, you know, bind monster or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, actually kind of concede to that. I, I think, uh, I mean, notably in Carcosa, you've got the first, the second scenario, right? Where you've got the party. Yeah. And uh, it's just everything is elite. <laughs> I think if I'm playing like Mark or kind of like a standard Guardian, I think that this is a very low priority upgrade from Machete, but one that I would maybe eventually get to. Like I would definitely, I would rather upgrade my Machetes really? into this than trade all my weapons in for lightning guns and extra ammos. Um, <laughs> but huh. so I it's cool, but I just, I think I would only upgrade it after like a lot of other things, but for like Silas, so much. I mean, for Silas, like, because we've been saying all he's really missing is like a machete is like a decent weapon. That's like really reliable. If you're Silas, would you just like spend your first 10 XP on two of these? 
Yeah. No, you need defiance. Yeah, you get upgraded uh, defiance, but, but this is also... Level, level 2 defiance is... Uh, regular defiance is not bad, Yeah. you know? Nope. Nope. Regular defiance is fine. But yeah, this this definitely could be a weapon that Silas could use, or really any of the red characters, maybe, because they don't have much to spend experience on. Um, Although, but but again, William York can already use Machete, and most of the other red characters don't even have good enough strength to want to attack with strength. Uh... Right. So it's, it's the, like I mean, Silas like a two or three. It gives you plus two. That puts you up like a four or five, and yeah, it's not not great. It's not not, not yeah. enough. No. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Plus, it's five to play. That's a lot. It's only two more than Machete. I mean, that's the thing. That is a very real like. It is a lot harder to just get when you're playing mark like you have all this expensive stuff like allies and weapons that you yeah, want to exactly. get out in the beginning of the game. It's kind of like uh, you know. Um, so yeah, that that's why I would only take it as like a very low priority upgrade over the machete because costing five is pretty bad. But for for people that can't use machete, which is basically Silas, um, or even uh, Skids a little bit. Um, yep. I think for Silas and Skids, this is worth thinking about. Especially Skids has a lot of money, right? So. Yeah, could be good on Skids. He's got. I mean, he's got he, cool he has access to level though, two like Chicago typewriter. Uh, level oh yeah, he can use machete as well. Guardian stuff. So yeah, that, yes. that's a good point. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, he can definitely just use machete and really good cards. Classic skids. Uh, not that I'm saying this is a bad card. I I just I would love for them to uh, release. So sometimes they release lower versions of things. I think that would be an apt thing to do for this card to release like a two pip four to play one of these that that basically like only has the first line of text or something they won't do it though that would be that's this is like it's this cool ancient sword thing it's like five like they're not going to make they're not going to make the like happy meal version of this but no i mean i i think uh i don't know i i think if you actually do manage to use that second ability to like kill an annoying elite thing that has four health and draw three cards it's going to feel really good yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to try to fit it into probably Silas and uh, probably Zoe yeah. as well, because it is it is a type of, like, one-handed blade, which is obviously Zoe's go-to. Uh, Zoe's also a little bit less poor than the other Guardians. Yeah, so. and, yeah, and again, the, the secondary effect she, she's very effective at. But Yeah, she doesn't, she needs the card draw a lot more than Mark does. Yeah, no, Mark, I think it's just not good for, uh, but... No. Yeah, I mean, it might, like I said, you know, it's, yeah, no, I think you're right. You just don't really need the extra plus one fight, and you don't really need the extra card draw. You don't, you just don't need this as Mark, but yeah, it looks yeah. cool. I like, yeah. I like the art. It's a neat looking uh, sword. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, they, they definitely did the research because the obsidian is definitely something. In my limited time studying Mesoamerican history, uh, there was uh, Jaguar Warriors use uh which are like the you know class of their uh warriors used obsidian weapons they like used obsidian tipped arrows and things like that because they didn't i like that they did they didn't have like super good metal forging technology and stuff right Right. so so this is is a sword it's basically like a wooden stick with like really sharp obsidian attached to the sides like that's really cool yeah yeah it's really cool and it's like they they use these this is very accurate too because they never would just put a straight up big thick blade right on the top of it because that's just uh begging to be cracked right on the side 
they would only use small shards like this and they they implant them exactly how this is implemented almost like a chainsaw blade looks because if you look at the top there's also little shards up there so i really like that they did their research here and it really shows through i really like this this item a lot that's awesome yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean that's that's it. That's the pack. It's a lot of cards. Uh, we're we're caught up now, basically. I know. Ah, oh, it feels great. I feel I feel a great late weight lifted from us. Uh Mark got a ton of cards, notably, like like things that he can basically play, you know, like uh Mark doesn't want any of these cards, dude. <laughs> but listen, it's just that they're there, right? I uh, okay. Just, All right. They're there, okay? For anybody who loves Mark like Dan does. These are more cards that he can play. (laughs) Whether or not you should play them is is your decision. But we're caught up on player cards now, and that's what matters. I think the MVP for this pack is definitely going to be Feed the Mind. That card looks amazing. Um, But there's a lot of good, solid things that were released here, I think. Um, (laughs) Imagine imagine how shitty Feed the Mind would be if you... If you add a forced at the end of the round, discard uh, feed the mind to the <laughs> end the mind. of it. Like, oh god, <laughs> is that just going to be like a little thing where people are going to be like, "Man, this card was amazing until I read that," and then they're just going to start putting that at the end of all the Any, other cards. Anytime you start reading a, uh, a rogue card and it seems like it might be good, just assume that at the end of it, it has that text. <laughs> it's got a it's got a cult vest pocket on yeah. it. It's like the skeleton key. <laughs> <laughs> Discard at the end of the round. Yeah. Forced. Oof. No, but I, I think uh, cool pack. A lot of, lot of neat things. Uh, a lot of different investigators got. Um, so in conclusion, we're done with player cards for now. Until the next uh, pack comes out. Um, so kind of uh, segueing. Uh, we're going to be at Arkham Knights. Wait, we're going. It'll be great. We're going to Arkham Knights. What? We're going to Arkham Knights. What? I bought tickets for everybody. Whoa, no, I'm kidding. You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, uh, but no. Seriously, we're going to be at Arkham Knights. Uh, we're very excited to be there. Uh, this is my first year. These two guys have gone last year. Uh, I didn't get to be there or pick up those uh, incredibly awesome uh, unexpected courage promos. But I do want them. I will bring Netrunner promos, and I will be trading them for them. Please. Um, <laughs> Hey, Otherwise, uh, these guys have been there before. I haven't. I'm very excited to go. I'm excited to meet uh, Matt Newman. Hopefully, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Uh, I'm excited to uh, just say hi to everybody. If if any listeners are going to be there, feel free to uh, find us. Uh, though you don't know what we look like at all, uh, we will. We may or may not be sporting uh, MUR paraphernalia. Uh, when we get there also uh we will be uh probably playing through all the new scenarios that just got released uh we notably had a uh very dear member of the cast move across the u.s so Wait, who? we've been who? very uh i don't know uh one of our one of our new uh members huh. uh who hasn't been on the cast yet <laughs> what, a, what a mystery um very big mystery uh it's definitely dad by yeah. the way but we um we have been severely uh, at a a severe deficit of Arkham recently. So we're going to probably be mostly hanging out, playing some Arkham uh, all together, but um, we'd definitely love to meet some of you guys that listen. Uh, And yeah, uh, if you guys have any comments, any questions, uh, anything that you think 
is notable about the analysis today. I know that this is a particularly long episode. Um, so we thank you guys for making it to the end with us. Um, if you guys, any questions, comments, do you disagree with anything? Do you agree with anything? Uh, any, any rules Ben failed to correct us on? Uh, let us know. Uh, email us at uh, miskatonicuniversityradio.gmail.com. We'll be at Arkham Knights. You can also just like uh, yell at Ben directly if he missed messed anything. Uh, up. Uh, otherwise, we're excited to meet with everybody I'm, and we'll talk about the experience next lesson. I'm really excited to see what card Ben designs one thirteenth of this year. <laughs> I'm really, I know. I'm really excited to see the thirteenth vision part two, the fourteenth vision, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, it, it's got to be like thirteen snakes. The snakening or something. I mean, it's a card that's going to come out of a future <laughs> pack, like three years in the future. So even though it's going to be themed around snakes, so it'll be returned to return to the forgotten age, uh, though, right? That, is... that sounds about the appropriate time when that would be released. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Right. Uh, again, email us if you if you have any comments. And uh, until next time, see you guys. Bye. Bye.